Oh my gosh, Ashley, I don't even recognize you. Oh my God. Who is that on the other line? Stop. Your voice. It's so clear. The clarity, the crispness. It's almost like we're in the same room as the audience. It's almost like we bought brand new mics that hopefully we can write off on our taxes. Heck yeah, sisters. We got mics. That's right. You heard it here first, you guys. We are coming at you 2021 with great sound quality. We've been promising it. And you know what? We follow through on our promises. That's what we do here. So get ready for some high quality content because I'm really excited about it. Lucky for you guys, there's another exciting surprise. Today is our 21st birthday. Woo! Today is our 21st birthday, thank God. Um, I'm 22 now, but nothing I love more than being 21. And we are here on our 21st episode. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies, and I feel like we should take a shot. Let's do it. Doing a shot should be dramatic. If nobody's watching, what's the point? Make a toast to attract attention. All right, that made me feel young as hell. Woo, Ashley, I haven't done that in a long time. Who am I kidding? I had a shot, I think, two nights ago, but who's keeping track? Who the heck is counting? I thought that was your New Year's resolution, that you weren't going to drink on the weekdays or something. No, it was on a Saturday night. I haven't broken it yet. Oh, heck yeah, Saturday nights are... Give me a few more days. <laughs> Free game. Um, anyways, you guys, thank you guys for being with us for 21 episodes, 21 episodes of laughs, of fun, of value, hopefully entertainment. I just can't believe we're already on episode 21. I feel like we just started this yesterday. Well, when you are pumping content out, like there's literally no tomorrow, hoping something sticks and you make it big and a bunch of people listen to this podcast, you're going to hit 21 pretty quick. We, that's so true. We are shouting into the void, into the unknown, but you know, whatever we're doing, we love doing it. So that's just, that's just how it is. Okay. You guys, since it is our 21st birthday, if these were non COVID times and we were living with a bunch of friends, believe me, we look for an excuse to throw a party. So we for sure would have rented out a party bus and gone out tonight oh for sure like it was our 21st actual birthday and we'd be celebrating the podcast and everyone would have matching hats that say just go with it on it and it would be such a vibe wait for um this podcast 50th <laughs> oh my gosh maybe by the 50th things will be open and we'll go nuts but it's our 50th so we could just like play cornhole and have a barbecue maybe oh my gosh so true we have to be like we're 50 years old yeah we could play all the themes wait for our 100th oh my gosh <laughs> wait for the 100th what are we gonna do then and be on our bed <laughs> <laughs> like drowning in the chocolate factory <laughs> and for our 100th birthday everyone get in the bed so we're all gonna lay around <laughs> All right, you guys, with all that craziness that you just heard, time to transition to something actually more valuable and very important today. We're talking about giving back to your community and the importance of getting outside yourself. And although your 20s are your selfish years, there is so much love to give to others. And there's a lot of people in need right now. And I'm really loving this content for you guys. It's really uplifting. And we're going to hear from Claire about the fair connection. With that, everyone grab a drink and listen to our 21st episode. Your 20s are all about you, and they should be, but there's a huge part of all of us that needs to grow based off of giving back. Ashley, this podcast is bringing so many people together. We've got friends of friends, friends from Hinge, friends of boys we dated on Hinge. Like This is just becoming such a web of love that we've created. I'm ready to bring on the local Starbucks barista, next thing you know. Yeah, why not? Let's ask everyone we know to be on the podcast. 
<laughs> our lineup, our Excel sheet lineup is like a year in advance. I think that something that I talked about in the last episode with New Year's resolutions was that I wanted to start giving back in some capacity. And boy, am I feeling inspired after talking to Claire. Yes. So Claire, we're really excited to have her on because we're trying to be better people. And she is a friend of a friend, our best friend, India. We met her in D.C. and she's a friend from the D.C. area. And so we got to talking about what she's doing in her community. And it's really amazing. She started this nonprofit she has always wanted to and she's she's making her dreams happen and she's doing it to give back to others and she's such an inspiration and I'm really glad that we had her on and you guys get to hear her story. So glad that we got to hear her story. I'm feeling so inspired and I'm just ready to give back all over town. So without further ado, here is Claire talking about the Fair Connection. Congrats, you press play, and you're listening to Just Go With It. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. And this is the motivational podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. As we learn to navigate the uncertainty that exists in the best years of our lives. Sometimes you've got to learn to just go with it. Good morning, Claire. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you, too. How how was your New Year's Eve? Did you do anything exciting or stay home? We went to a rooftop bar, just me and one of my friends. So it was definitely not as exciting as usual, but a step up than being at home with my family. So (laughs) yeah. A rooftop bar. That sounds so exciting. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was pretty empty. So it's just the two of us and like everyone on dates and just me and my friend India. (laughs) I was going to take a wild guess and say, is it India? (laughs) Always India. (laughs) Was there like a big countdown to midnight or were you not out that late? No, they closed down the bars at 10 here. Um, So we were sent home at 10, but... (laughs) We went back and sat in my backyard around the fire pit, um, and that's how we did the countdown. So Aww. The bar should have had a countdown until 10 or whatever. You know what they might have, but I don't fully remember. <laughs> countdown to close. That's funny. <laughs> countdown to close, yeah. They, like, take the drink out of your hand in the middle of, the, like, a sip. It's so crazy. Stop, really? Yeah, it's intense. You're, like, I holding on to it as they walk away. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We're so excited to get to know a little bit more about what it is that you do. So if you could first start off by just giving us a little bit of background, what field of work are you into? What area of the country? Where'd you go to school? All that good stuff. Yeah. Who the heck is Claire? (laughs) Who the heck is Claire? Um, I'm figuring that out too. So basically, I grew up in DC um, and I currently work at a law firm. Uh, We do immigration law. So that's And it's in a firm right outside of the city. Um, And I went to Indiana University uh, where I majored in poli-sci and sociology. That kind of matches everyone who comes back to D.C. There are a bunch of us uh, political science majors over here. And since I moved home, I just got involved with the nonprofit world. And that kind of led me to where I am today. So can you tell me a little bit about that involvement? Like, were you super passionate about something specific that led you towards that? Or did you just kind of stumble into it or know someone? Like, how did you get started? Yeah, so basically, um, it was kind of a passionate moment for me. But I came home from Indiana in June, right during all of the um, Black Lives Matter protests. And like the height of the pandemic, I would say, as far as taking it really seriously goes. And I went to school in Indiana where 
we were a little bit sheltered from what was going on with the rest of the country. So when I touched down in D.C., um, the National Guard was rolling in with tanks. You know, I couldn't even fill up my gas without wearing gloves or, you know, just very intense and different than anything I was used to at school. Um, And just like the rest of us, I was just really overwhelmed by everything I was hearing on the news. Like, there was so much going on. The vulnerable members of our community were basically being overlooked or left behind in mm-hmm. because we're all just overwhelmed. It's too much and no one really knew what to do. So I was like, this is going to be a time in my life where in a time in everyone's life where we look back and say, hey, I wish I could have done more. And it's hard to because we're all told to stay at home. I was faced with the issue of, you know, what do I do right now when you're helping people by staying at home, but also the need is higher than it's ever been in my lifetime, maybe like the 2008 recession. Um, But I was a kid then, so it wasn't making a difference. (laughs) Not much you could do then. (laughs) No. So I reached out to India, my best friend that I mentioned earlier, and I was like, I'm kind of freaking out right now because I... I'm thinking about all these kids who are normally in school and get emergency lunch programs, so their parents can't afford to give them lunches. They would normally go hungry. They get free lunches. And everyone's upset about, oh, what about these kids who don't have Wi-Fi at home? And I was upset because I was like, that's an important problem too, but also who's feeding them now? Because Mm -hmm. it's even worse than it was. And everything I was looking up, there just wasn't any information. No one was really talking about it there weren't any programs in place to make a difference. And that's kind of where what first made me start out. I just wanted to do something, especially give vulnerable families access to food before anything else. Um, And the need is so high across the board that it kind of just spiraled since there Uh in the best way. So once you figured out that there was this need and you wanted to do something about it, what was your first big action step? So action step wise, I reached out to um, my neighborhood church and I basically asked them what they were doing right now and how I could get involved. Um, And I realized really quickly that there wasn't really anything to get involved with. A lot of the existing charitable actions that were going on in the city had shut down. So they couldn't have um, volunteers coming in person anymore. the nonprofits were overwhelmed by need, and then also they can't rely on volunteers helping, like in a food bank or at like a homeless shelter. So I realized that I kind of needed to step in if I wanted to do something and do it myself um, and help these organizations kind of revamp their partnerships and create new ones if they weren't there in the first place. That's crazy. That's amazing that you were able to see that need and actually do something about it. So Tell us about what you started and how it's going and kind of take us to the next step after you realized there was not a lot going on at the church. Yeah, so when it first started, it was uh, basically me and the five um, like outreach members of the church who I think were a little overwhelmed by like my persistence. I think they got like a, like heart palpitations when I emailed them. <laughs> I'm like... What are we doing? Why haven't we done anything yet? Um, and our first drive was like five people participating, and we did sandwiches. So there was like 120 sandwiches donated. 
at the time. Um, and I made almost all of them at home so, <laughs> with my parents, um, which well, they were not happy up in here. <laughs> Chef <Gordon. laughs> Literally. And then that was kind of how we started. And it was really, I was joking. I'm like Steve Jobs in his garage, except it's sandwiches. And then um, really quickly, girls in the area that were home or working remote wanted to get involved. And they started reaching out and I realized this was a lot bigger than my sites had been set on. So we started with a small church drive and within a month we were having multiple neighborhood drives. I had, our team had expanded to just me to now five other girls. Um, And I realized that women were just stepping into these leadership roles naturally. And I wanted to create a mechanism where they could take it a step further. Let's give women as much support as possible and see where they can go. Yeah. That's so neat. I want to go volunteer. I'm going to fly over just to go help out. Um, <laughs> I lit a fire over here. I'm, I'm I know. so down for this. Also, not only is that good for people that do want to get involved, like you wanted to, but people that was a good opportunity for people that are bored at home and they're just looking for something to do back over the summer when things were really, really rough. Mm-hmm. It was a good outlet for something to do and plans and you're also giving back. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was like a main thing because India and I'll talk about her a lot because she's just been my right hand man um, or woman as far as this goes but she had her first neighborhood drive with her neighborhood and it was a canned food drive and we sent out a couple emails we put up flyers um, we were driving in the night and like stapling them really aggressively Um, and we ended up getting over a thousand pounds of food donated and it was really overwhelming people kept showing up and we were both like yay thank you but in our heads we're like I don't know what to do because we thought maybe we get a hundred pounds of food or something we had never had something like that before and were you just kind of standing on the corner (laughs) I know where did you set up shop (laughs) with cans of food and they're like No, so we um, set up shop with the Chevy Chase Village Hall, um, which is kind of like the community center for India's neighborhood. And we like working with neighborhoods because they have their own, they're called like listservs, basically. And they're like email subscriptions for people who live in the area and they hear about the news. You know, people can complain about leaf blowers making noise or they can talk about hosting drugs. (laughs) Very versatile. (laughs) Um, and they helped us set up uh, outside the village, uh, Chevy Chase Village Hall. And it's kind of like a little um, semicircle outside the village hall. And Indy and I were standing there with like one Tupperware bin. And then it filled up the entire si- sidewalk. It was just pounds and pounds and pounds of food. And we were both like, okay. And India drives like a punch buggy. And I drive like a very, very old. SUV so my car could be filled but it took us four trips like to get all of the food to the food bank that we were delivering it to so after that first drive I realized okay a this is really easy India sent out one email and all we did was make a flyer in Canva anyone can do this you just Mm -hmm. have to be dedicated and like maybe have some support because it would be hard to do it alone and B, like, people really, really want to help. People were so grateful to have the chance to drop off food, even if it's just cans that have been sitting in their pantry, because we all, like I was saying at the beginning, I was so overwhelmed by what was going on and felt like I was doing nothing. And 
even dropping off like one can of beans is more than maybe most people have been able to do in like a month. So absolutely. Like what we learned really quickly. So I think on a previous episode, we talked about how easy it is to get all wrapped up in everything that's going on with us and how that can feel really heavy. But the instant you are able to take a step outside of yourself and help someone else, it just like opens up everything so much. So I think that's so cool. And it is so accessible for everyone. Like it's so easy to get involved. I wish there was something like that going on in my neighborhood. I know. Um, Also for the people donating cans, that might be their only chance to get outside today. Like they have no reason to be anywhere else whatsoever. I was also, I think I mentioned this on the last New Year's resolutions episode. I was telling one of my friends here, I want to start volunteering because you just stop volunteering once you need hours for things. <laughs> like the adults <laughs> don't really say I'm going to volunteer until you're like retired, but um, <laughs> I want to start volunteering this year. That's so true. And there's so many ways to do it that you don't even know, like mm-hmm. right under your nose. Like I'm sure there are ways that my church is involved in the community that I don't even know. So Gonna go check that out, but <laughs> Abby, we're the biggest fans of Chevy Chase, Maryland, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> biggest fans. It is such a beautiful town. I love that neighborhood so much. It's Chevy Chase Village sells merch. We want it. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll hit you up. And you <laughs> everyone's like, what the heck, Chevy Chase? Like the actor. We're like, no, you guys <laughs> the village. <laughs> so after that first weekend when you had way too many cans and you um, <laughs> thought you were going to the next weekend did you do multiple drives or was it still just the one are you guys at multiple drives now <laughs> so we do um one at least one drive every single weekend and we're about to hit the point where we're doing multiple drives a weekend which is big for us because we have to start really relying on people to man the collection points when normally like we want to be there and I'm a little bit of a control freak so been hard for me to like sit back and be like okay they're gonna be able to do it even though I know it's easy I just like want everything to go perfectly but yeah we do one drive every single weekend at a minimum and another thing that we had to get really comfortable with is just asking people for support so and it's so easy like after that first drive with India she now adds in her emails that she sends out, hey, if anyone's willing to volunteer as a driver, and normally like five or six people respond, we end up having to turn people away. And that surprises me because to me, I think this is a hassle. It's 30 minutes away. Um, there's gas money involved. We're lifting stuff into your car. I thought it would be really hard to get people to be drivers. And it's everyone's willing to help. Um, and we've had that too, just with people wanting to volunteer and man collection points, um, host their own drives. So that has been really great, um, how quickly people want to help and also learning to ask for help. Because at the end of the day, we're not asking for help for ourselves. It's for our community. So it's our job to get the word out. That's like the job that I've undertaken. And maybe it's a little bit awkward. <laughs> but Like the worst part is maybe I have one awkward conversation, but people generally like love helping out. So, so is this an official nonprofit now? Does it have a name? Keep it a secret to the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's called the Fair Connection, and we're actually filing officially as a nonprofit today. So, I know, very exciting. I'm. I told my mom that my um, New Year's resolution was I was going to do like the dry January and she laughed and was like, yeah, until your next Fair Connection meeting. And I was like, ha And she was like, when is it? And I was like, it's tonight. <laughs> and so I've already failed. I already know I failed. So we'll definitely be popping some champagne once we get those documents out. Um, 
You've got but, to celebrate those moments. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yes. Why did you call it the Fair Connection? So my mom actually came up with the name, and it's a play on words. So we, like, affairs, the goods, basically. Um, and we said fair because it's also, like, fair, like, equal. Um, I thought it was really punny and, like, cute. So that's kind of what we ran with. Um, Could have called it the Claire Connection. <laughs> that's true. Runs <laughs> um, so how many people are on, like, your stable working every week meeting team? So we have a team of 14 now, um, which is huge. And I actually was on a hinge date um, like two months ago. And this guy was an analyst for like a, I don't know, some investment banking. And I was obviously bragging about what we do because I talk about it all the time. And he was like, not believing me, basically. And he was like, no, that's exponential growth. That's just crazy. And I was like, well, it's exponential growth because people want to get involved and the need's really high. Um, but yes, we've seen exponential growth. So, really, um, your term. We have. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for mansplaining. But yeah, it started with um, one me and then India, who was just my yes man from the beginning. So, I feel like most people would probably be like, "What are you talking about? This is crazy." But um, she's just been so supportive, and then. It grew to now 14. Um, we even have, I call them real adults. So not just like recent graduates. We have like actual like 40-year-old plus people on our team too, which is definitely a shock to me because sometimes I feel like I'm in high school still. And so that's really exciting. We call them real adults too. We also <laughs> feel like we haven't aged past 18. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're one of them. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just a kid. <laughs> No, everyone who's like you're an adult I'm like I just don't believe you yet <laughs> and then so I saw on Instagram and India was telling me recently that you guys now have the high school that's uh, a high school mentoring program that you're setting up right I'm so interested in that yes um that's definitely like one of the biggest things that we started um and like what I'm probably the most excited about right now because we realized how easy it is to host these drives and we were also relying on neighborhoods and schools and churches in the first place. I realized let's get the youth involved and let's keep it to promoting women. So let's give women the chance to do these leadership like sort of uh, moments where they host their own drives and they learn the leadership skills, but they also get to attend panels with leaders in the community. So that was kind of a rough idea of what happened really quickly. I realized that this was going to be a really huge program. The panels we've set up, we have politicians, um, founders of nonprofits. We have a woman who's the head of government relations for the Mercantile Exchange, a, a lawyer for the Department of Justice. Um, so just these incredible, incredible women that I'm honored want to be a part of this. And they also are so excited. And then on the flip side, we have these girls who have more connections in the community than I would have um, because high schoolers tend to be the most active and mm -hmm. they're all super ready to based off the applications we've received you know take the lead have a fundraiser in their community for whatever nonprofit they want and we're just giving them a chance to be leaders during this time of crisis and showing them through mentorship uh, through these panels through our own support how easy it is to do and what a big difference they'll be able to make.
That is so cool. So is this something you're looking to continue on the high school mentorship program for like years to come? Are you going to pass the baton or what, what is your hope? <laughs> um, so I originally was just doing this as like kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to what was going on with COVID um, back in the summer. Once we started the leadership program, I realized that even when COVID hopefully ends and life hopefully goes back to normal sooner rather than later, this program is important because there aren't many like it. And the need probably going to be really high post-COVID for a long time because it takes a long time for people to get back on their feet after like this amount of economic fallout. Um, and this became a permanent thing because of that. Uh, I do expect it to go on for years. Um, I've always wanted to run a nonprofit, and it just started a lot earlier in my life plan than <laughs> I thought it would. Um, so, you know, that off the list. Yeah, right? The bucket list. Yeah, I do expect it to be permanent, and based off of the support we have and just the level of engagement, I can see it having such a huge impact and spreading really quickly. And it is already spreading quickly. So That's amazing. That is really, really cool. I love when people stumble upon passion projects like that. Or I just feel like your timeline for everyone, especially this last year, we've been reminded of it. Like you cannot have a timeline for your life. Like things just happen when they happen and you got to just go with it for lack of a better phrase. (laughs) Or why do you think it is so important, especially in our 20s and like post-grad to kind of get into the habit already of like giving back in some capacity? Instead of just, you know, me, 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 I want to get hired and, you know, start my life. (laughs) Well, I think, first of all, for most people, it's been ingrained, like, in us since we were little. My high school, I went to uh, a school called Holy Child out in Potomac, which is a little town outside D.C. Um, They'll be mad I said that. It is a nice city outside of D.C. Our motto was actions, not words. Um, And we did basically everything Fair Connection does, we did at high school. Um, And then in college, when I was in a sorority, you know, it was very social and so fun, but also huge on philanthropy. And then once we left, I feel like people leave college. And um, as you guys were saying, like, there's no more hours or your sorority isn't pushing you to do it anymore, or anything and we kind of forget how to give um, and how to volunteer even though those skills are very naturally just ingrained because we've been taught since most of us were in elementary school basically and at the end of the day the more you give the more you get out of it so every person that's gotten involved in our program is learning new skills they get to practice something that they basically would maybe take years on the job learning how to do They have to learn to network by asking for help for their community. They have to put in a lot of hours, but also the benefit is huge because you're getting connected with people who are just really, really high player actors in the community. And that's kind of a more cynical way to look at it because it is about connections. But at the end of the day, the more you give, you truly do get out of it. You just feel better in the first place. You learn skills that you probably wouldn't have practiced. You see how hard life can be on the other side and you realize also that like the numbers that you see on TV or you hear about on social media, each number is like a real person. Like when I say, oh, we donated a thousand sandwiches today, that means that like when I went to drop off the sandwiches, people like who are homeless were standing outside my car asking for food while I walked into the 
food bank. And that's huge because each sandwich is like keeping someone hungry that night. I, I'm not keeping someone hungry. <laughs> keeping someone fed who is hungry. And I mean, I cried my first time dropping off food delivery because I realized like, oh my gosh, to me, this is just one sandwich. It's one number I can put on Instagram. But no, that's literally a thousand people who aren't going to bed literally starving. And I think that's really important for people our age because your 20s are all about you and they should be. But there's a huge part of all of us that needs to grow based off of giving back. I love that. That's so beautiful and inspiring. And I kind of want to pull it back a little bit even farther um, to ask you what were some of the lessons that you have gotten out of this in general or just out of this last crazy year of 2020 that you're bringing into 2021? It's funny because I feel so like immature still. I still feel like a kid. But um, I think all of us, like especially recent postgraduates and like people in their young 20s, I don't know about you, but we call it like the like the quarter life crisis that's happening to everyone. Like people are like moving to random places. They're following passions that they never normally wouldn't do. You know, like one of my really good friends from college started like an art Instagram and really fell into her art um, when normally she would be doing your typical corporate job. And that's the sort of thing that has been really exciting to me about COVID because it kind of shook the system. There's no system in place anymore. Um, All those timelines that we normally would follow have disappeared, basically. And people can follow what they want to do. And look at this podcast that was born out of it. (laughs) Yeah, true. You guys are such a good example. I mean... You're making me feel comfortable and I'm definitely not like the best at this sort of thing. And you guys are hilarious. <laughs> I definitely listened to all of your podcasts before I came on and had some good laughs. They're great. I was all night listening to all the episodes. <laughs> making time for this. I, started, I started with India's episode, obviously. She gave me some good laughs. Um, oh yeah, I love that one. That is really funny. Um, and it's about dating, which like in our 20s, we're all thinking about too. But I just think it's, like, learning to take that leap of faith and also in your 20s, like, who cares? You're not responsible for anyone but yourself. You can fail, but, like, you're not really going to fail unless you get into, like, some ridiculous amount of debt or something. Like, don't get arrested, basically. That's all you have to do. So, (laughs) like, just try it. If it doesn't work, you had the experience, and then you can start over. And I think that's what COVID has taught all of us, like, Don't just sit back right now. Don't wait for life to get normal. Just go for it. And I think that even if COVID wasn't here, we should have done that anyways. Because someday, like, I plan on someday having a family or having, like, a very significant, significant other. And you're responsible then for, like, someone else. And you're going to have to be responsible for the rest of your life if you have children. Mm -hmm. When you're in your 20s, half of us, like, are still living at home. Like, the stakes are really extremely low. And the payoff is super, super high. So Mm -hmm. that's what I feel like you guys have learned that too. That's stakes are low and the payoff is high. That's a good one. Uh I am such a big advocate for risk taking in this season specifically. And that's also something that I've noticed about COVID year that I've been appreciative of because there's always a silver lining. And I'm just really glad that it has shaken up the system a little bit and it's not so linear and, kind of I think it just woke us all up a little bit like hey this is your life like you get one one life you got to go out and do what the heck you want to do now is 
hands down the time to do something. What's the worst that could happen? You fail, you try a new passion project. God yeah. forbid we fail. Like that's literally all that could go wrong. Unless and I we don't like, think you can fail. Like that's the thing. Like literally unless we go to jail, you can fail. That's the only way because even if you technically like don't succeed and like you can't make money off of it or whatever, you learn a million skills doing it and like learn to trust yourself, which also I think is a huge part of leaving college. Like you have to like really trust yourself and trust your own abilities. Um, sorry, my dog just crawled in. She's back, so <laughs> you can't hear us. She's like 18. She's old. <laughs> Stop. Is she actually 18? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. They get a lot of gross when they're older. Like, love her, but she's stinky. Clocks are ticking. Yeah, but I love that you said that you definitely can't fail as long as you learn lessons from that mm-hmm. quote unquote failure like as long as you're learning you're growing like that's all we can ask for that's all we strive for that's all we want to do especially in our 20s and it's almost like starting college again or like even being like a kid and like trusting yourself in terms of I started this project this nonprofit, this like business and I'm seeing follow through like I'm following through people are paying attention to it it's kind of just yeah, rebuilding your confidence and your trust in yourself. Yeah. Because we were on top of the world last year in college and now we're at the bottom of it. So yeah. that's like the biggest way. I've been doing a lot of like research on confidence for some reason. It's just very interesting to me how people have such different levels at stuff different stages in their lives. And it's like one of the biggest way to gain confidence is to gain trust in yourself. But you can only do that if you do take risks and you do try new things. So yeah, if you if anyone takes one thing out of this episode, just go for it. Take risks. Try the things that you're passionate about. Obviously, it worked out for Claire, and it'll probably work out for you. Those risks can also be anything like huge, like what Claire's doing, or like middle ground. I don't know, starting a podcast, or just even small risks. Like I'm gonna try to, I don't know, meet a new person or join some sort of like extracurricular thing. Just yeah, like the if you never go to the gym, it can just be like starting. Yeah. To go to the gym. That can be really scary for people. Yeah, like, that's like scarier for me than doing this. I, yeah. I feel like, like that's my biggest fear. <laughs> yeah, everyone has their things that scare them. But as long as you, if it gets you closer to your goal, you've got to just try it, I think. And I, the most ideal of all worlds, Claire, where do you see this going? Um, What's your like, picture perfect thing for the connection? Picture perfect. I think that right now, I just am having trouble seeing past this like first launch of the leadership program. Um, But if I could see it going perfectly, I just see a huge amount of involvement from girls in the area. Um, And then eventually that's spreading like throughout the country. We already have had applications outside of DC. And I am kind of like a go, go, go person. So I'm like, yes, like, let's have them set up in New York City and LA. And when we have all these girls applying from outside of just DC, I want to give them the chance to get involved. Um, All that takes is just setting up a team in place within those cities, um, because realistically, I just cannot do that myself right now. But right now, really picture perfect is just during this huge time of need, getting as many people involved as possible and showing how much support we can get um, to just give people the chance to learn that they can do this too. Because, and I've been telling this to the girls on my team, but at the end of the day, every single one of them is a huge inspiration for anyone who not only drops off donations, because a lot of times people come 
with their kids. Um, so they see people who look like them or act like them or are confident in what they're doing. And that's just a huge inspiration. We're at least doing something right now. So that's also an inspiration for people. So I guess just my goal for Fair Connection is just to inspire people as much as possible. And if they want to get involved, give them that good foundation to, you know, take that to the next level, whatever that may be, giving people the chance to do what they want and take themselves seriously, too. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my goal. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I was gonna ask you if there were ways that we could get involved or listeners could get involved people that live, obviously, all over the country, we're all spread out. Is there something that we can do to support the cause or to support the cause in our local communities? We do have people who uh, have set up drives um, with our support in their own communities. We aren't extending the high school program outside of DC, because that takes a little bit more of a um, like a mentorship level. Kids our age who want to host their own drives or fundraisers with our support um, have been doing so, and we are happy to have uh, people, the more the merrier, because the need expands so far beyond just D.C., of yeah. course. We have college ambassadors, so we have um, girls all over different campuses who are promoting Fair Connection and fundraising for us. And then basically, if you want to be a college ambassador, you can keep it simple and just promote what we do and fundraise. Um, or you can host your own fundraiser and then you have access to the panels that um, are in place for the leadership program in D.C. So that's kind of like a half in, half out way. Um, for girls who uh, are at colleges around the country. And also just at the end of the day, if you're not donating to Fair Connection, just do it in your own community. You don't need us to do it. Um, it's really easy. Like everyone has access to, so access to social media. Canva is really easy to use. I'm super technologically challenged and it worked like for me. <laughs> so just do it yourself if you really want like a way to feel good um, and to give back. So, and, you know, we said you can't fail. You could have one fundraiser and someone brings like one can or, I don't know, two people show up with like a couple of dollars. That's still like something going somewhere. Totally. And where can these people reach out to you or if they want to follow along with what's going on with Fair Connection, pimp yourself out, where do you want to so you can follow us on um, Instagram. It's uh, at the Fair Connection, and we also have a website, um, which is in our Instagram bio. It's the Fair Connection at WordPress.com. But we are currently working on getting our own .org. It's on my to do list this week, actually. <laughs> um, Fair spelled F A R E, not F A. Yeah. F-A-R-E. We'll put all that in the show notes, which we're actually doing these days. It's not just me saying it anymore to sound official. Um, no notes. And then this is my favorite question of every episode. Any podcast or books you've listened to lately, Claire, that you'd recommend? Ooh, okay. I yeah, love fire away. Okay, I'm going to give two. One is my nerdy answer, but I would say one of the reasons I actually came up with the idea for The Fair Connection was because of this book called The Inequality Reader. It's like 700 pages, and it's all different essays about uh, systematic inequality in the U.S. and different ways that people have tried to change that and like why it exists. And I think that is something really important for everyone to learn because we hear about 
the problems in our society right now, but a lot of us don't understand the mechanisms uh, for why they're there. Once you understand that, you can have a better idea of how to change what's going on. So that's actually been my Christmas gift. I ordered a bunch of those and I'm giving 700 page textbooks to all of my team members. Um, they're going to love it. <laughs> how blessed were they? <laughs> yeah, they're really great. Now she's giving me homework. <laughs> but um, that's like probably the most influential book I've ever read. And it's not actually a book, it's essays. But for a fun book, I would say The Alchemist. Like, it's super short, it's easy. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's all about finding yourself and taking a journey. And it's like a quick read. You can read it in a day. And it will, most people say, like, it's changed their life when they read it. But that's definitely my plug for The Alchemist. It's a great, great, great book. Okay, I don't know if I'm psychic or something, but when I asked you this, I genuinely was like, she's going to say The Alchemist. Like, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I swear to God, I just, like, knew you were going to recommend that. That's crazy. Wow, we're, we're, we're now offering psychic services, everyone, Abby. <laughs> well, one of our close friends read The Alchemist, and then also I've been looking for books that are more impactful like that, and so my Pinterest is just full of, like, book recommendations right now, and The Alchemist has been on the brain, so maybe I gotta go read that. <laughs> no, definitely do it. It's, it's like, an easy book to read, you, but it does change, like, your life and your perspective on, like, the world around you, um, and, you know, what we were talking about. It's a good book in your 20s, I would say. Anybody can read it, but, like, better to have a quarter-life crisis than, like, a midlife crisis. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably scheduled for both. Who are we kidding? (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for chatting with us and telling us all about the FAIR Connection, all the amazing things you're doing in the D.C. communities. I think it's really important and amazing that we are talking about these things and hopefully it's inspiring to others, not just Ashley and I to get involved and get outside of yourself in your twenties and find little ways that you are able to impact others in a positive way for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And thanks for having me. And also like, thanks for all you do. You guys are fun and entertaining during like this, like really kind of depressing time. So like, it's um, a Claire's feeding the homeless and we're just providing some laughs. laughs. It's all very important. So Um, and also seriously, if I can do this, like I my friends, like if any of my friends listen to this are gonna be like shocked, especially my friends from college, because I'm like a pretty disorganized person and like like I'm running a business now and it's going like really well. So it's not like I'm just this like very like organized, like entrepreneur. Like I did not major in business. I have no inclination towards that. I have never gotten an A in math in my entire life, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Not even in fourth grade. Didn't happen for me, but um, I'm still doing it. It's all about just trusting yourself and like passion. So if anyone has like a business idea, I say like, go for it. You can make it work. You do not have to have a business degree. You don't have to have any like business skills because chances are you do have them. You just like didn't realize it. So that's my plug. (laughs) I love that so much. That's such an important message. And I'm so glad we had you on and got to know you a little bit better. You're so fun. (laughs) Thanks. It was great to talk to you guys again too. And everyone go check out the Fair Connection. Yes, please. (laughs) All right. Have the best day ever. We'll see you. Good luck on your nonprofit. (laughs)